This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. That's 800-259-9231 as we kick off another week of fun and excitement here on Free Talk Live. You can, of course, join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so do enjoy those on us. That, again, is freetalklive.com. Lots to talk about on the way here tonight. Mark, you uh, gave me, like, four different stories. I liked every single one of them. So yeah, they're just, all good. Just pick one of them that uh, that you like a lot, and we will definitely get to that. And of course, your calls about whatever is on your mind. Once again, 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. A little bit of information came out over the weekend, according to the Washington Post, about the U.S. government... And how much information they've been collecting on you. Oh, this is this is going to be bad. Information you might not have imagined they were collecting, apparently. Apparently, um, not very many people did. And somehow the information came out about what they're collecting, so we're sharing it with you. They're collecting electronic records on the travel habits of millions of Americans who fly, drive, or even take cruises abroad. Because you know terrorists they love to go on bahaman uh, bahaman cruisers mm. cruises uh, yes I, I would imagine that they do yeah. special terrorist cruise lines retaining uh, data on the persons with whom they travel or plan to stay remember when we uh we've read stories about people visiting for instance canada who when they are going through customs will be interrogated by the united states uh, government as far as who are you going to see as though it's any of their business. I mean, it used to just be business or pleasure. Right. Now it's, who are you going to see? Give us names. Give us addresses. Give us phone numbers. What if you, if, if, the, if the United States Customs people ask you at the border, um, you, you don't talk to them, actually. It's the Canadian people that you talk to on the way in and the United States people you talk to on the way out. I don't know at what Canada. point you talk to them, but the, they have talked to people. I, I don't know how it works, Mark. Okay. Um, I... I uh, for one, I don't know. I don't. My experience crossing the border is uh, from seven or eight years ago. I did not come in contact with any United States officials on the way out of the United States. Only on the way in. It yeah, I'm pleasant. talking about. I'm talking about people on planes. Not talking about people but on foot. What if or you? Car. What if you tell them I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do in Canada? I don't imagine that would go over too well. I mean, are they going to say you can't leave then? Probably. Isn't that weird? You can't leave sure the United is. States. Yeah. That's awful. You, a free citizen, aren't allowed to you leave because free you, to you won't you won't be telling. Does anyone still believe that they're a free citizen? Absolutely. Really? They do. Sure. I don't think they're paying attention. <laughs> maybe I could understand that if you maybe never went In into an airport. In an Orwellian sense, they absolutely do believe it. You know, they're told they're free. They must be. Yeah. It's a I, free country. I, I can't even. It's it's hard for me to in uh, to fathom somebody believing that they live in a free country still. I guess you're right though, Mark. I mean, some people are totally in the dark. They uh, are completely oblivious to all the awful, tyrannical things that this government is doing and how uh, much more intrusive uh, it has gotten into our lives within the past five or six years. But I suppose those people do exist. I mean, it's possible, I suppose, you could live under a rock and not watch the news or not pay any attention to anything, never fly, maybe never fly in an airline, and and then you could maybe think that we're well, still we're, free. we're free, but things changed on 9-11. You still have to answer questions when you get on an airplane. That's the way they see it. It's, it's free. We me. just I, have to do certain things. I just don't understand that mentality. It, it, I, I, it's clearly not looking at the truth, right. but, you know... Um, 
free in a somewhat subjective sense. I can see using the terminology free in a subjective sense, but I don't even think we're that at that point. There's really. no freedom in America. In fact, there wasn't freedom in America before 2001. So I don't even really, hear you're, people you're use that excuse. An absolute sort of freedom as yeah. opposed to a um, sort of a subjective, there's a range of freedom kind of thing. I think that it's, there's certainly been points um, in our history where those who are 21, white and male, were free. I see where you're coming from on that. Uh, and I'm not saying that, uh, I, I'm not agitating to go back in history to those times, I'm looking to move forward to liberty. Right. So, I mean... I would like everyone to have, to, to be at least a sub, my subjective level of free. <laughs> yeah, I would like people to be left the hell alone by the government. I think that would be a nice subjective level of freedom that some people could agree on. Anyway, let's put all that aside for now and talk about the information they're collecting about you. Mm. They're uh, collecting the information on, uh, again... Where you're flying to, driving, or taking cruises to, retaining data on the persons where you're traveling with, where you plan to stay. Uh, also, they're, they're also notating the personal items that you're carrying during your journey, and even the books that you've carried. According to documents obtained by a group of civil liberties advocates and statements by government officials, the personal travel records are meant to be stored for as long as 15 years as part of the Department of Homeland Security's effort to assess the security threat posed by all travelers entering, uh, entering the country. Officials say the records, which are analyzed by the department's automated targeting system, that sounds really safe, mm. to help border officials distinguish potential terrorists from innocent people entering the country. Because machines sure are great at singling out terrorists, I'm sure. Uh, I, I, I don't know. To, to see, when it comes to all the... With our foreign policy, the way our foreign policy is... I understand why it is they're doing what they're doing. I have a problem with the foreign policy that uh, inflames the hatred of people in other countries that might want to come here and hurt us. I think that we can have freedom, but the way to have that freedom is to draw our troops in from the 131 countries that they currently occupy and over 700 military bases around the world. No doubt about it. Uh, but new details about the information bring retained suggest, or being retained suggest that the government is monitoring the personal habits of travelers more closely than it has previously acknowledged. The details were learned when a group of activists requested copies of official records of their own travel. Uh, you know, the Freedom of Information Act, they were utilizing that. Those records uh, included a description of a book on marijuana that one of them carried and small flashlights bearing the symbol of a marijuana leaf because... Terrorists like to read about marijuana, right? Uh, as though, something. as though they're actually terrorists. The thing is, is they're just going to use this to enforce all of their laws. It, um, they, it's nominally about terrorism, but it's not really. It's it's about the same level of control that it's increasing the level of control in this police state. What do you think would happen if I walked into an airport and sat down with a book like "Why Government Wor uh, Doesn't Work" by Harry Brown? I don't think that would be much of a problem. I don't know about that. The automated targeting system has been used to screen passengers since the mid-1990s, apparently. The collection of data for it has been greatly expanded and automated since 2002, according to former Department of Homeland Security officials. They yesterday defended the retention of highly personal data on travelers not invoked in or linked to any violations of the law. So they're just collecting information wholesale on everybody they can collect information on. Uh, but no suspicion necessary. But civil liberties advocates have alleged the type of information preserved by the department raises alarms about the government's ability to intrude into the lives of ordinary people. The million, uh, millions of travelers whose records are kept by government 
are generally unaware of what their records say, and the government hasn't created an effective mechanism for reviewing the data and correcting any errors, say activists. The government doesn't even have a mechanism to correct an error with their no-fly list. I mean, if anybody expects them to create any sort of mechanism to allow you to review the information they've collected on you and then correct that information, you are living in some pie-in-the-sky fantasy world. Right, and if if you think that the government is going to correct any information that it has um, on you, first, Exhibit A is the no-fly list. It's in, if your name's on the no-fly list, it shows up on the no-fly list, you pretty much have to be an elected official with the federal government in order to get your name off. Yep. I'm talking about they've put uh, kids on there, kids as young as three. They've uh, put nun, old nuns on there. Just uh, a plethora of people that don't belong. Most of the people on the no-fly list do not belong on the no-fly list. That's Exhibit A. Exhibit B, what, what, what sort of um, motivation does the government have to take your name off the list? They don't care about customer service. Why would they care about customer service? What can service? you say to Are them? Are you going to say, well, I'm going to stop having you as my government then. I'm going to change <laughs> to a new government. I'm going to start paying my taxes to another government. Yeah, not going to work. not going to work. you, you, you got to pay they don't care no matter don't, what. And they don't care if you don't fly. You could say, well, this is the last time I'm flying. So? Oh. Great. One less the, person the to air, check. The, the, the airports care. The airlines care. Right, but the, the government, government doesn't care, care about the airline's bottom line. It, it could care less. 800-259-9231. John Gilmore, uh, civil liberties activist in San Francisco, one of the men behind the Identity Project, was involved in this. We'll uh, talk about what he has to say in regards to the government collecting information on the things you have in your bag, the things you read in the airport, and more. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. The Sakel CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free. We've got the bulletin board system with over a quarter of a million posts. Lots to see and do. Uh, There's a lot of stuff to talk about there. Get interactive with over 1,600 of our, I think we've actually got over 1,700 users now. And uh, lots, lots again, everything from fun stuff to serious issues, you'll find it for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. And if you or perhaps someone you know needs a primer on some of the subjects we talk about on Free Talk Live, you should check out the Liberty Radio Underground. It's an elementary introduction to libertarianism, and each show concisely handles a single topic in less than 10 minutes. It's great for someone new to liberty. Go to libertyradiounderground.com today and grab an episode. That's libertyradiounderground.com. We're talking about a a bit of a revelation, a, a discovery that some activists have recently just stumbled upon. Uh, according to the Washington Post, certain activists, and I think John Gilmore is one of them, we'll talk about him in a moment, but certain activists had sent in some Freedom of Information Act requests to get files on themselves. So that's what they wanted is, you know, what kind of information has the government been collecting about me? Right. This could be disturbing. I mean, you know, what's the government collecting information for people, on people anyway? 
turns out that they are cataloging everything uh, as much as they possibly can at this point, including information on where uh, where people are traveling to, who they're traveling with, who they're planning on staying with, the personal items they carry during their journeys, and even books that they have carried. The activists allege the data collection effort, as carried out now, violates the Privacy Act, which bars the gathering of data related to Americans' exercise of their First Amendment rights, such as their choice of reading material or persons with whom to associate. They also expressed concern that such personal data could one day be used to impede their right to travel. You think? John Gilmore, a civil liberties What else is it there for? In San Francisco, whose records were requested by the Identity Project. Now, if you don't remember the name, John Gilmore is a fairly wealthy, wealthy man. Mm-hmm. Uh, he made a name for himself in the computer business. I think he was either owner or CEO or something of Sun Microsystems, which is one of the major computer sort of systems manufacturers. Or I, th- I think he, uh, I think they work on uh, operating system software and that sort of thing. Uh, anyway, he got rich in the computer field and. He decided that he was going to spend his retirement uh, tooling around and on airplanes and checking out the security status uh, of the uh, the government. And he knows how far, to live. As far as uh, he went in and and was accosted by the government one day, and he realized that this shouldn't be happening in a free country, and so he sort of dedicated himself to continuing to investigate the government and learn more about what they're learning about us. So he's out there. I think he's one of the guys behind PapersPlease.org. We actually read a story from them recently on the program. Anyway, he says, the federal government is trying to build a surveillance society, said Gilmore. And according to him, his his records were requested by the Identity Project, an ad hoc group of privacy advocates. The government, he said, may be doing it with... Uh, with the best or worst of intentions, but the job of building a surveillance database and populating it with information about us is happening largely without our awareness and without our consent. Gilmore's file, which he provided to the Washington Post, included a note from a Customs and Border Patrol official that he carried the marijuana-related book, Drugs and Your Rights. He says, my first reaction was, I kind of expected it, said Gilmore, and my second reaction was, that's illegal. That's the s- probably the saddest part of all of this. That people expect this sort of thing now? Right. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, how, how much further are they going to go? How, how, how far have they gone that we aren't aware of you at know, this point? And, and allow me to, to wax somewhat conspiratorial, uh, uh, a little crazy sounding, mm. maybe not so conspiratorial, just a little out there. Okay. Um, kids in schools around the United States, we've read more than one story, have been... Uh, you know, had all kinds of problems, including legal problems, from writing stories that were violent. Um, Absolutely. That include death or destruction or things like that. Now, try to imagine um, boys in high school thinking that death and destruction was cool. Can you imagine? I know I thought that. I know that, um, you know, ever when I was little, the, the most fun I had playing with things included guns, stuff that would kill you, swords, things like that. The stories I wrote, things I created when I was in school probably would have gotten me some terrorist charges. Right. Maybe I didn't look at it from a a macabre standpoint. I didn't think about the the torturing and eviscerating of people, but Mm. some of these stories did not include that. They just included killing. Um, Then you think about, you know, the next step from that. Who writes stories about killing? Just about every fiction author out there. Okay. Uh, swords, knives, guns. I mean, are we going to go to that next? Is somebody carrying a book about killing, which is just about every fiction book out there, except maybe the romance novels? You know, the fiction thing seems like it's pushing it a little bit, but what if, I mean... But, but I, that's can, what these kids got locked up for. 
I see that, but but a more realistic scenario as far as where we're at right now. What if I was reading a self defense manual? Mm. You know, how to kill an attacker or something. I like remember that. the uh, you know the the fist of the dragon or some book like that that I had at one point that I, you know they they claim to reveal to you some point that you could touch with a with a with a feather's touch and kill someone. Mm. Um, you know, just the, these kind of things are sold, yeah. and the people in in into self defense are interested in them. Right. Is that going to put me on a list because I'm interested in that sort of thing? Again, how far will they go? Department of Homeland officials, uh, Department of Homeland Security officials said this week the government is not interested in passengers' reading habits, that the program is transparent, and that it affords redress for travelers who are inappropriately stymied. Quote, I flatly reject the premise that the department is interested in what travelers are reading, department spokesbureaucrat Russ Nock said. We are completely uninterested in the latest Tom Clancy novel that the traveler may, uh, traveler may be reading. But Nock also said, quote, if there is some indication based upon the behavior or an item in the traveler's possession that leads the inspection officer to conclude there could be a possible violation of the law, it is the frontline officer's duty to further scrutinize the traveler. Unquote. Once that happens, but what if that that frontline officer thinks that, uh, say, without remorse by Tom Clancy, which advocates, a, maybe not advocates, tells the story about, um, uh, you know, an ex Navy SEAL guy killing uh, civilians in a vigilante rampage, killing mm. uh, unconvicted people in a vigilante rampage. Quite honestly, I think that John Clark was a great little hero in that book. But so, that's what I think. What, what what about that TSA agent? The bureaucrat said once that happens, it's not uncommon for the officer to document interactions with the traveler that merited additional scrutiny. He said he's not familiar with the file that mentions Gilmore's book about drug rights, but that generally frontline officers have a duty to enforce all laws within our authority, for example, the counter-narcotics mission. But TSA agents aren't officers. Well, they're calling them officers. But, I mean, they, they can't arrest no, that's why they can investigate. Why are they investigating? Because they've been ordered to. Isn't it their job to just secure the airport? That's what they're doing, Mark. They're pre- protecting us from people reading books about pot. Officers yeah. making a decision to admit someone at a port of entry have a duty to apply extra scrutiny if there's some indication of a violation of the law. So apparently now reading a book about marijuana is an indicator that you could have violated the law. The retention of information about Gilmore's book was disclosed this week in Wired News. Details of how the automated targeting system works were disclosed in a Federal Register last November. Though the screening's been in effect for more than a decade, the data for the system in recent years have been collected by the government from more border points and also provided by the airlines themselves under government mandates. They're not just turning over that information because they feel like it. Though direct electronic links are through electronic links that didn't previously exist. Your thoughts on this, 800-259-9231. Are you feeling good? Feel safe? Is this the sort of thing you want your government doing? This is Free Talk Live. George Phillies is the right candidate for president. A serious, well-educated candidate who stands for the basic principles of liberty and the basic principles of this nation. Paid for by Phillies 2008. This is George Phillies, libertarian for president. I approved of this message. your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 1-800-259-9231. Single CAI toll-free line is in here with you. And Mark, 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. 
the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. And those include the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head on over to shrine.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about. Shrine.freetalklive.com. You got questions about the liquidity crisis, the China option, and the Fed chairman's unenviable position between hyperinflation or a deflationary implosion followed by hyperinflation? Visit D2Z.org or contact Troy at D2Z.org. You know, with the way the dollar's been performing over the last couple of weeks, I have questions about this stuff myself. You're damn right. Canadian dollar's worth more now, isn't it? Or at least it was at the end of last week. I haven't looked today. I don't really keep have you up looked to date on that. Uh, no, I have not looked at that, no. Um, I, I had somebody tell me today, as a matter of fact, it was a, a good friend of mine who happens to be my broker. He said, uh, yeah, have you looked at gold? It's been going up. And I said, no, gold hasn't been going up. The dollar's been going down. The, the Canadian dollar is worth the same as the United States dollar. I don't know about you, but I remember when it was buck twenty-five, buck seventy-five. Hmm. Now it's the same. Amazing. I think that's uh, what was it? The first time that's happened since nineteen seventy-six. I don't remember it ever having happened, but uh, I, I I didn't look. Well, at the you history wouldn't have been, Yeah, you would have been paying attention in seventy-six. No, uh, at five years old, I probably didn't care okay. much about the. Uh, performance of the Canadian dollar. So, your federal government has a nice little file that they've been uh, collecting on you with all sorts of information in it, uh, including the information about who you've been traveling with, the books you've been reading in the airport, maybe some interesting items they found in your bag as it was being screened, all these things being collected. It's all in a database about you. Uh, and I guess, well, if you haven't really traveled anywhere anywhere or interacted with the federal government, there's probably not much on you. But the more you interact with them, the more you, tr- you know, the more times you crisscross through the airports of America, the chances are the bigger and bigger your file is becoming. And, you know, you wonder, I think about the Unabomber. Here was a guy who lived at, in a, a hut in, um, wasn't it Michigan? Wasn't he living in Michigan? You remember this guy? Out. I mean, I remember generally the Ted Unabomber. Kaczynski. I've um, seen the drawings of yeah, face. Who hasn't seen that, right? Right. He he lived completely, almost entirely off the map. Mm-hmm. And we had to worry about him. They're collecting data on uh, just us, just people traveling around who, right. who have nothing to hide. They're collecting the, the low-hanging fruit that is almost of no use. It's well, the people... you say that, but then again, I mean, weren't the Nazis collecting information on people in the beginning? I, it just I... seems like when when the government collects information on people, it leads to something down the line. Whether it's simply gun confiscation or, or all the way to people confiscation, it, it seems to tend to lead towards scary things. It seems unlikely to me that we're going to get to that point, but... Uh, you well, know, gun confiscation's already happened Not, in not gun confiscation, people confiscation, I guess, is what... All in good time, Mark. You be patient. I think something will happen like that because there are people out there demanding it. There are Americans out there that want to see Muslims have a separate line at the airport. They want to see, you know, the immigrate immigrants are being rounded up on almost a uh, daily, if not weekly, basis in this country. They want to see more of that happen. Well, I, I see that they would want that, and I really don't have much of a problem with the uh, police department's profiling. I have a problem with the police departments feeling the need to profile in the case of Muslims, Muslim Americans. Right. And uh, also, speaking of rounding people up, there's other news about the immigrants and an offer that may be made to them from the federal government. I think one that you predicted, Mark. Uh, but first, we'll continue this story here. The Department of Homeland Security database that they have generally includes passenger name record, or PNR, information, as well as notes taken during secondary screenings of travelers. PNR data 
often provided to airlines and other companies when reservations are made, routinely include names, addresses, and credit card information, as well as telephone and email contact details, itineraries, hotels, rental car reservations, and even the type of bed requested in a hotel. This is the kind of things they know about you. Why do they need to know what kind of bed I've requested? The more information, the better, as far as they're concerned, Mark. God, why, what are we Citizen, paying for what this? do you have to hide? What are we paying for this? Why are Stop we... your questioning. But we will check whatever for... information we want. Show us your papers. Right, and that's really the way it is. The records the Identity Project obtained confirmed the government's receiving data directly from commercial reservation systems such as Galileo and Sabre, but also showed that the data in some cases are more detailed than the information to which the airlines even have access. Anne Harrison, communications director for a technology firm in Silicon Valley, was among those who obtained their personal files, provided them to the Post. She said she was taken aback to see that her dossier contained data on her race and on a European flight that did not begin or end in the United States states or even connect to a u.s bound flight she said it was surprising they were gathering so much information without my knowledge on my travel activities and it was distressing to me this information was being gathered in violation of the law well you see don't understand it's their law sweetie yep so they can just do whatever they want and what are you going to do about it sue them you going to sue the government? Five years later, maybe they'll stop after right. you've taken it to the Supreme Court. Well, if the, even if you even if you get it to the Supreme Court, they'll just do what they did with the torture thing. They'll pass a law. The Military Commissions Act is what it was called about a year ago now. They passed a law called the Military Commissions Act that basically exonerated the government, uh, the executive branch, from any sort of punishment for the things they've already done. So after the fact, they went back and retroactively said, yeah... Might have been illegal then, but it's not now. And retroactively, we're making it totally illegal for what we did in the past. Right. So they could it's do that okay. here. Yeah. So, so they, if they could take this all the way up to the Supreme Court, spend who knows how much money doing that. I can't imagine how much that costs. Take it all the way up to the Supreme Court, and then, you know, a few weeks later, have Congress pass a law and have the president sign it that says, yeah, it's not illegal anymore. Na, 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 na. Mm, just like that. Right. Uh, the director of the Identity Project and Ann Harrison's brother, James, obtained government records that contained another sister's phone number in Tokyo as an emergency contact. He said... So my sister's phone number ends up being in a government database. This is a lot more than just saying who you are or your date of birth. Edward Hasbrook, who uh, we read something off of his website over the weekend, a civil liberties activist who was a travel agent for more than 15 years, said that his file contained coding that reflected his plan to fly with another individual. In fact, Hasbrook wound up not flying with that person, but the record, which can be linked to the other passenger's name, remained in the system. The automated targeting system, Hasbrook alleged, is the largest system of government dossiers of individual Americans' personal activities that the government has ever created. He says travel records are most are among the most potentially invasive of records because they can suggest links. They show who a traveler sat next to, where they stayed, where they left. It's that lifetime log of everywhere you go that can be correlated with other people's movements that's most dangerous. If you sat next to someone once, that's a coincidence. If you sat next to them twice, that's a relationship. Stuart Verdery, former assistant for Department of Homeland Security said the data collected should be considered an investigative tool, just the way we do with law enforcement, who take records of things for future purposes when they need to figure out where people came from, what they were carrying, and who they were associated but with. But mostly they take those records from people that have been arrested for something. 
rather than just collecting it wholesale. Wholesale on everyone. The uh, Homeland Security Secretary Michael Chertoff said in 2006 that, quote, if we learn anything from September 11, 2001, it's that we need to be better at connecting the dots of terrorist-related information. After but they, September collected, 11th, they, they connected all the dots. There were people in that reported this in the government that reported it to these agencies. It wasn't about connecting dots. It was about not responding. Well, Mark, you may be right about that, but that wouldn't sound very good in a press release. So they're they're using their perceived failure as an excuse. And they did fail. I mean, they didn't stop September 11th from happening. These are the same jerks that that you're, um, you know, we're trusting them to protect us. These are the ones that failed us in the past. Right. They were already spending billions of dollars in 2001, but it wasn't good enough. And now they now they're using their failure as an excuse to be more intrusive and to collect more information about you and your personal life and your business. Uh, he says after September 11th, we use credit card and telephone records to identify those linked with hijackers. But wouldn't it be better to identify such connections before a hijacker boards a plane? He said that the comparing the PNR data with intelligence on terrorists let the government identify unknown threats for additional screening and helps avoid inconvenient screening of low-risk travelers. So he's actually trying to say that the information collection is helping you not get secondary screened as mm. often. Hmm, how nice. 1-800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Uh, on the way, I think uh, Scott's going to be doing that. And we'll take your calls about anything. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. Plus, coming up, we'll tell you about how a good Samaritan has been harassed by the police. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go and become a Free Talk Live amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. Hundreds of our listeners have decided to do this. It's a voluntary option. We give away the website, so it's above and beyond all that. If you like the show and you want to help us get on more radio, stations across the country, this is the best way to do it. Uh, go to amp.freetalklive.com and get signed up for as little as three bucks a month. Many, uh, any major credit card, PayPal, other options are there for you as well. And it makes a difference because that money coming in helps us advertise, market, and promote the show. And really, it makes a huge difference. If it weren't for the amplifiers, we'd probably be on a fraction of the radio stations that we're on today. So uh, thanks to all of our current amplifiers and uh, thanks to you if you sign up, amp.freetalklive. Dot com. Just one more quick thought from this Washington Post article. We just left you uh, with the government telling you that the reason they're collecting all this information on you is to make sure that you don't get secondary screened more often. We were just talking about, we've been talking about it all hour, how uh, according to the Washington Post and uh, some security uh, some security experts, John Gilmore included, they have discovered that the government's been collecting all kinds of data on you, including who you travel with. What books you read as you're traveling, including uh, just minor minutia data on, you know, the hotels that you stay in, the cars that you're renting, the, uh, the, the type of bed you request at the hotel. All of this information being collected that collect information on things that are in your bag that they find interesting. And it's, it's, it's far wider than what anybody ever imagined, the amount of information they're collecting. But the, the Department of Homeland Security Secretary, Michael Chertoff, is saying, well, this is okay. It's okay that we're doing this because we're comparing it with the data on the terrorists and we're, we're making it so uh, it's avoiding inconvenient screening for low-risk travelers. But then you must ask yourself, well, what does the government consider risky? 
Let's look at uh, Zakaya Reed, a Toledo firefighter, who said in an interview that he's been detained at least seven times. Now, you'd think they'd have the information in the file that he was a firefighter, right? Odds are good, terrorist, not a firefighter. Probably. I mean, that's just me going out on a limb. They're probably not spending their time volunteering for the local fire department. And if they've detained him three times? Seven times. But if if they've detained him three times, you think they would have caught whatever it was that they were looking for? Mm. Well, instead, he's been detained seven times at the Michigan border since fall of 2006. Twice, he said, he was questioned by border officials. That's seven times in a year. That's correct. Twice, he was questioned by border officials about politically charged opinion pieces that he'd published in his local newspaper. The essays were critical of U.S. policy in the Middle East, he said. Once during a secondary interview, he said they had them printed out on the table in front of me. Now, it's not very likely that he was walking through the airport with a copy of the newspaper that he had sent the letters to the editor into, uh, or the opinion pieces into, and then left the newspaper behind for them to copy. They're cross-checking. Right. Somebody is looking at information about who's writing letters to the editor in America. The information... Your name, and most papers want your name and address and all that when you send in letters to the editor. Sure, they don't want it. They don't want a bunch of fakes. Dissenting letters to the editor are going into the government's files, too. Now, what happens when they want to round up the dissenters? Oh, I know you're saying that could never happen in America. But then again, I didn't think any of this stuff could ever happen in America. Right. Would you have thought that one of the dissenters would have been detained at the border and asked a bunch of questions? Why? It's just amazing. 1-800-259-9231 if you are in favor of this sort of security state. We'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, we go to your calls about whatever you want. Let's talk to Scott in Arizona. Scott, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello? Scott in Arizona. He's gone. Let's go to Tom in New Hampshire. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, Yeah. Uh, First of all, the uh, government shouldn't be uh, collecting all that information in the first place. But, uh, you know, their excuses, uh, you know, I, basically, it's a terrible system, and uh, that's, uh, uh, mm-hmm. well, I think, yeah, I've been hassled and interrogated at the border, but what I think they're trying to do is intimidate people into not uh, not uh, criticizing the government. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I, it's not, not a matter of they're going to round up all these people. It's, uh, you know, a chess player knows that the threat is more powerful than its execution. They're, they're keeping these tabs. And so now everybody knows that if you write a letter to the editor criticizing the president, then you're going to be on this database and uh, they'll do nasty things to you eventually down the road as the implied threat. Right. We'd read a story in the past about a uh, an author, not a guy just writing a letter to the editor, but a, a published author who'd written a book that was critical of the Bush administration, and he says that he gets shaken down every visit to the airport as well. Now, you'd think, I mean, I'm not that I'm saying that's okay, I'm not saying that for a moment, but you'd think that a published author would be more likely to get attention. But no, now they're actually recording who's writing the letters to the editor in the newspaper. I mean, this is just amazing stuff. This is going on. And what I called to talk about, though, um, on October 7th of 2003, some guys went into the home in McLean, Virginia, of U.S. Senator Judd Gregg's wife. You may have heard that, remember that big news story there where she was violently attacked. I don't know if you guys were living in New Hampshire at the time. I don't recall. But it, it was a big news story. These guys threatened her at knife point. They took her away. They uh, brought her to a bank. 
she, she said she didn't have any money to, for them to steal in the house, but here's a bright idea. How about if they go to the bank and uh, she can go in and uh, take some money out of her bank account? And uh, they went for that, and when uh, she got to the bank, she ran in there and hid, and the cops were called, and those guys were eventually caught the next day. Mm-hmm. I'm glad now, when if, uh, dumb criminals get caught. Yeah, now, uh, see, if she had been able to grab a gun, Okay, she would have been justified in shooting those guys. She would have, you'd think, yeah. Now, uh, if she had been able to grab a gun and kill one of those guys, and the other one guns her down, how does this sound? Oh, I was just defending myself. Look, she pulled a gun on us. Look, she murdered my partner. How does that sound? Well, it, I doubt that they're going to get away with that defense um, in, in that case. Yeah, now... Uh, compare that to a few weeks earlier on August 26th in Stannardsville, Virginia, when two cops went into a house to arrest a guy for selling cocaine. Mm-hmm. And he was able to grab a gun, and he was able to kill one of those cops, only to be gunned down by the other one. The other one says, oh, I was just defending myself. Look, he pulled a gun on us. Look, he murdered my partner. You know, well, if they the weren't there enforcing the, the war on drugs, then uh, the murder would never have happened. That much is certainly the case. Tom, thanks for the call. 800 well, happy ending. Is there? Oh, sorry. Uh, cop died. <laughs> Jeez. Thanks for the call. <laughs> 1-800-259-9231. He's a man on a mission. Oh, my. Let's continue. Not sure what I think about his mission. But and talk to Eric in I'm, Michigan. Actually, I'm pretty sure what I think of his mission. Well, I think that uh, killing cops, bad idea, as you can see. I mean, in his stories, the other guy, the guys that kill the cops always get killed. Uh, but, uh, but one of the things he is pointing out correctly is that a lot, of, a lot less cops would die if it weren't for this war on drugs. You know, um, the is it Market for Liberty that you read um, where it says that uh, revolutions have failed in the past because they've all been violent? Maybe. I think that might be in that, yeah. And I, I like that idea. I think that's interesting. I would like to be involved in the, the Liberty Revolution that fires no shots. Welcome to the Free State Project. That's uh, what we're doing here in New yep. Hampshire. Uh, let's continue with the call. here. Talk to Eric in Michigan. Eric, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, fellas. Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, Tom Shrews, nut job. Okay, yes he is. <laughs> uh, I'm just about to start reading the Dickens novel, Hard Times, and we're studying Marxism in my uh, college class. Enjoy. And, uh, yeah, in, uh, what was it, in uh, 19th century Britain, they had the industrial culture, and it was basically pure capitalism, as far as I understand it. And people had awful conditions. So I'm wondering, how do you guys uh, uh, value that against what you usually say, which is that capitalism protects people? Okay. Um, I, I would love to. I've been thinking about this uh, for the last week or so. First off, I don't know how things were in, um, you know, 19th century Britain. I, I can't speak to that. I know I barely know how things were in 19th century United States. And, of course, what I am reading is history written by the winners. And those winners are socialists. Um, but I can tell you that largely when business uses uh, – when, when business has government around, it uses that government to, uh, you know, get sweet contracts or to – uh, you know, keep out the competition. Essentially, that's what the railroad barons did back um, in the 19th century United States. Um, I'll use that because I do happen to know what's going on there. And, uh, you know, they, they managed to stifle competition by 
well, using the government. The government was a tool to keep out the other people. Right, and we want competition because when businesses compete for workers, then uh, conditions improve over right. time. And conditions were bad in the 19th century. They absolutely were. But the richest, wealthiest person really didn't have indoor plumbing. They went outside and went to the bathroom in a hole in the ground. Eric, you may want to have uh, you may have another point, so hang on, okay? 800-259-9231. Hour number two is on the way. You can bring up whatever you want. A good Samaritan trying to do the right thing has been arrested by the police. We'll find out what exactly he was trying to do here in a little bit and take your calls about whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. As we launch in hour number two of the program, that's 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. That, again, is freetalklive.com. Now, last hour, we left off with Eric in Michigan. We had just begun to talk about... well, Eric, you said you were starting a college class on Marxism, apparently. There's a whole class on Marxism. I mean, it's just amazing to me that they're going to – I'm sure they're just going to be touting it from the rooftops as to how they wonderful have, this is. All colleges have uh, classes on Marxism. They're called economics. Okay. And uh, so they apparently have already started out by attacking uh, the industry, uh, indus- the industrial times in Great Britain, I guess the 19th century, which, you know, there were similar developments going on in America at that time as well. And they're pointing to that as a reason why capitalism is evil. And uh, I just wanted to make sure you had a chance to make the points you wanted to make, Eric. So uh, go ahead and pick up from where we left off. Eric in Michigan? Did we lose Eric? Well, the point I'm that I was, lost, Eric. I was the the point that I was making on that was that um, he's there. He is there, supposedly. Eric going well, once. He, he can jump Hello? in. There you are. There he is. Hello. Okay. You'd actually be surprised by the tone of the class. Uh, thus far, it's been quite anti-Marx. Oh, I'm, really? I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I figured it would be anti-Marx because socialists don't like to be uh, lumped together with Marx. Now, I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't think for a second it would be pro-Marx, but it's likely pro-United States socialism. Well, no matter where you fall, you you can't uh, deny that Marx was tremendously influential on the Absolutely past true. Years. I, but, uh, I would yeah, not. I would say been... that the communists won, Eric. What's that? I would say the communists won. I wouldn't say communists. I'm, I'm not so certain about that. Oh, communist, socialist. Does it really? Is, is there a big difference? There's a subtle difference. I mean, a significant difference. But, but communists, communists, to believe in a utopian society where everyone can, um, you know, sort of own everything. But Communism the, is kind of the change where you don't have private property and no one even thinks of anything as private property. Right. So, Socialism so you're talking about the spreading of wealth. utopian uh, communism, which uh, is fine. It's just a, it's a utopian concept that it will never exist. No, of course not. So, um, uh, so you want to make another point on the uh, the whole industrial revolution right, right. thing and uh, why Mark businesses said, uh, are evil? I just called you Marx. Uh, Mark said. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose Mark compared to Ian. Not that big of a disparity between the poor and the rich, because the rich also had to crap outside in outhouses and what have you. But that's not true at all. There was a tremendous disparity. I mean, the rich were living I, in these gigantic mansions. I didn't want to say that there was, wasn't a disparity between the poor and the rich. There's a disparity between the poor and the rich now. And there will, if we put everything equal right now in a year's time, there will be a disparity between the poor and the rich, because some people just don't manage their money properly. And some I people don't. are very good at it. I don't think that has anything to do with management of money. Are you kidding me? What? 
Are you kidding? People is it then, the management of, the of their then. life and the management of their money? Have you ever seen these um, these high interest credit cards? Who do you think they target with those things? You know, I'm saying that in general, we're talking about the two separate systems here. At that point, people were spending uh, what little money they were making, more than half of it on food. Even the poor now, they don't spend 50% of their income on food. Sure. Uh, distribution systems have become uh, you know, a lot more efficient, and that would be as a result of people the free market, profit, not, yeah. not because of so socialism. Greedy capitalists putting grocery stores around and uh, effectively getting products from point A to point B. Well, anyhow, from what I understand... Uh Britain in the 19th century was dominated by laissez-faire capitalism, and this is... As was the United States. That's what they're going to tell you in, uh, you know, the pro-socialist college class. Now, again, Mark pointed out that we can't know for sure. We weren't there. I mean, we don't know how much intervention was going on on behalf of the local governments there. It's impossible to tell, but... Be reasonable now. I think there'd be a record of this. What do you think was all happening in the back rooms? Was it the uh, Masons that were doing all this? Is no, conspiracy? Come uh, on. I, I, it's it's clearly documented how um, the big businessmen managed to use the government to, uh, you know, yeah. to it was not further their their hopes and dreams. It certainly wasn't laissez faire in this country and not we, in this country. We, oh, okay. So you're in saying Britain, it, it was saying that way in Britain. Britain here. Yeah, but, but as far as, as, far as Britain goes, it's very difficult for us to speak to it. Is all we can do is take your word on what capitalism was like in Britain in the 19th century. Right. I can't. Do you think that if you just you know drop a bunch of indigenous tribes into one place and no, have no governments around, that all of a sudden the computer's going to spring up the next day? I mean, they didn't they didn't have the technology and the uh, the accoutrements and the comforts that we have now back then simply because they hadn't gotten to that point and, yet. And in the 19th century, people were just it was just the industrial revolution began in 1850. People were just coming out of uh, Benjamin Franklin wrote about going to the um, you know touring Ireland and seeing the Irish living in mud huts. I mean, people at at this time frame, um, the 18th century, that was the late 18th century, is what uh, Benjamin Franklin was writing about. They were they were. Uh, you know, they were serfs. They were yeah, coming out of serfdom. They moved feudal lords, and they moved into the so cities, it's and difficult. they were dominated by capitalist right, lords. Right, right. So, so it's extraordinarily difficult to um, bring somebody directly out of being owned. They were a slave, essentially, what a serf is. They had no land. They had nothing to speak of. They were only able to scrape together enough to eat. Their biggest problem was potable water and getting food to eat. Um, then they got life got better under capitalism, but it's still only a bit better. It, it, these things right. compound over time. Exactly. So that's why it's not fair. Do you really think that? It's, do you think that it's the socialism that's managed to bring us this uh, standard of living, living here in the United question. States? I'm not entirely certain on that. I'm not. I'm not going to speak to that because I'm just. Oh, not I can say. I can say for certain that no way in hell is it socialism that has brought us a great standard of living. All of the wonderful things that we enjoy in our lives and that we take for granted every single day—refrigeration, automobiles, you name it—these uh, things were created by people in search of. Profits. Now, whether or not they personally believed in socialism, I don't know. But they did want to enrich themselves. They did want to get wealthy, and they created mass. You know, they created mass production. They created all kinds of wonderful things that we now utilize da- on a daily basis, and we compound off of those ideas because wealth builds over time. You create one idea, you you create wealth from uh, using your brain, combining it with natural resources, and you create a product or a service or an idea, and then someone else can come along and they can take that idea or that product or service, combine it with their brain power and create a new piece of wealth, and it all sort of builds on itself. So, uh, again, all the wonderful advancements we've had here. I mean, just as a simple example, we bought a, a box for our kitty today, you know, kitty litter box, and Julia told me she had never once before seen a little flap 
This box has a flap on the front of it for the kitty to enter into. He has to sort of enter through a flap. Keeping some of the smell uh, right. in. It's even got filters up on the top of it. You've got air filters up on the top of the uh, the kitty box. She said she's never once ever seen a flap on a kitty box. And I said, well, you know, it's probably one of those greedy capitalists that came up with the idea to differentiate their kitty box from the rest of the kitty boxes out there. All of these things are coming about because of competition in the marketplace. And, of course, if we had socialism, uh, we had communism, then none of these things would be happening. Then we'd have, you know, the government... I was watching the uh, John Stossel Sick in America special, which is very good, by the way. Uh, if you can get it online, you should probably do that. But he pointed out the old government, uh, I don't remember what country it was from, but it was one of those government cars where the government manufactured the, the vehicle. A lot of. Okay. I think there's two. been a handful Lotta's of them. East Germany, right? Yeah, yeah, a lot in Trabant. They, uh, they were talking about how Pieces of crap. when you filled it up, you had it was very difficult to fill up, and you had to mix oil with the gasoline. It was sort a two-stroke? Like, yeah, like with your lawnmower engine. <laughs> and it was just hilarious. I mean, hilarious now looking back, but for those people back then, that must have been absolutely awful. And, of course, they all looked the same, and they, were, they just ran awful. I mean, when you put the government in charge of something, then it ends up just turning into crap. So, I mean, it's just... It, I don't know what else to tell you, Eric. When it comes Socialism right is it. not the reason why we have a great standard of living today. When it comes today. right down to it, my question is, why did not capitalism protect the people in 19th century Britain, and why did they have to struggle so hard against the capitalists to get things like uh, you know, children who were eight years old to get two hours of class a day before they could go to work okay. for ten hours? I can absolutely feel that question, and I, I feel like I've touched on it up to this point. Remember that these people are not coming out of... 21st century United States and being thrown into 19th century um, Great Britain. They're coming out of 18th century Great Britain. An agrarian society. Right. An agrarian society where children did work, never learned to read. Um, They, you know, that was what their role was. They were on the farm. They were assets. You sent them out to work. Yes. Do you know how uh, uh, the age, how old people lived? I can't remember the city. I just read this, though. The average age of a male at that time. Uh, no, 18 years old. They lived to 18. But do you now, understand you why me, that is? That has little me. to do with capitalism. It has a lot to do with diseases and bacteria and not washing your hands after you go poo. Compare that to the rich who are living up to 50 at that point. But, but rich, rich always people are always going to live longer. They, they, have, are, they are able to better take care of themselves. They don't have to commit crimes to get food. Eric, thank you for the call, man. We appreciate it. Coming, uh, that them coming out of a uh, feudal system and then going into a capitalist system is the reason why they didn't have better conditions. What I'm asking you is if the capitalists had so much money, why didn't they compete between one another and give the workers better conditions so the workers would want that's, to work there? Which that's seems I think that they did. I think that these things respond relatively slowly in the marketplace. I don't think immediately, bam, you've got OSHA because you have free market capitalism. Right. The reason we have good working conditions today isn't because the government stepped in. It's because that was happening as a natural process anyway. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate the call. In. 800-259-9231. Whether it was unions or whatever, that's a, that's a market process too. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show and you can bring up anything toll free at 1-800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are for free. And those features include archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, go and grab it up right there on the front page of the website for your downloaded convenience on us, Free Talk Live. 
LegalZoom.com. And now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. That's LegalZoom.com. You know, we just uh, finished up a conversation with Eric in Michigan about the ninth. Great caller, Eric. Is I like being engaged. Challenges like yes. that. Challenges um, are great because people are never going to believe in the concepts of freedom and liberty unless they are confronted with questions like that. So I, I just wanted to give Eric some props. Absolutely, there. kudos to Eric. Um, well, anyway, we we're talking about was uh, his. He was talking about his class in college, and they were they claimed that 19th century England was a laissez-faire society, and that you know businesses were operating unregulated of government. Government intrusion intrusion was not uh, not to be found. Right. And I, I, we took his word for it for the sake of arguing because we don't honestly know better. But really. I find it very hard to believe. And I know you want to talk about unions here, and we'll, we'll touch on that. Yeah. But I just find it hard to believe that this country that you know was run by a king and was very oppressive back when revolutionary times were happening... Was suddenly extraordinarily laissez-faire. Right, that all of a sudden and, they just dissolved the government and decided to not get involved in their people's lives. And to think lives. that um, somehow capitalism is going to be able to be set in an unfair system like uh, serfdom, which is essentially what they were coming out of, mm-hmm. um, the, the disparity between rich and poor was even bigger at that point, or at least the same, so it would have to trickle down to create a middle class at that point. You know, you're know, yeah. you not going to have capitalism and laissez-faire over 50 years, and suddenly everything's going to be hunky-dory. Exactly. And libertarianism is just the best system. It's not a perfect, not perfect one. It allows people to pull themselves out of their situation. Sure. It doesn't happen overnight, but right. it does it's difficult. happen. It's difficult to start your own small business when um, to provide be, be, when there's so much competition in the marketplace for the few things that everyone would buy. Farmers would produce food. Mm-hmm. Blacksmiths would pr- produce metal things that people would need. There'd be some potters, you know, maybe some glass blowers, and that's about all you could do. And many um, farmers did just that. They would do one thing, and then when they weren't farming, because it wouldn't take all their time all the time, they had another little hobby to manage to, you know, make things happen. Remember that um, in in revolutionary times here in the United States. The people in the England were being taxed much more oppressively, and those taxes are tough on the lower class. On the lower class, it's sure. very difficult to have any natural resources in so, which to be able to pull yourself up. Right, and it's not just natural resources, but also capital. Um, you know, when you've got people that are coming out of a agrarian class, they're coming off of the farm to go work in the factory. Mm-hmm. Well, the reason why they're going to work in the factory is because they don't have enough money. To go and start their own business, right. they don't, they, you know, they just don't have the capital in their hands to go out and create something on their own, create their own business, and then of course, you know, again, we were taking Eric's word for it that oh, it was this wonderful laissez-faire society, which I really find hard to believe. Uh, it doesn't make sense because we know that the way governments work is they work hand in hand with the existing businesses to protect them from upstarts, to protect them from somebody else who wants to get into the business. So. Presuming that that was going on then, and I have no reason to believe that it wasn't going on then, except just for just what Eric said, uh, the, the existing factory owners that were mistreating their workers would have had some sort of an agreement with the people in government 
to where if somebody came along with some capital and they wanted to start up a competing factory, the government would step in and prevent them from doing it. I find it hard to believe that the things that are going on, those things go on today in America. I find it very hard to believe that it wasn't going on back in the United States. And even Kingdom so, the disparity was already there between rich and poor. There were right. fewer people, a lot fewer people. With capital. And, yeah. and, you know, they just didn't, there was all kinds of industries. So but even when there are two competitors, even if there were just two factories to work in, that's all you need for things to get better, mm-hmm. because then uh, Eric had, had mentioned unions before uh, we, we left the call, and that's a great point. I personally don't have anything against the concept of unions. What I have a problem with is when unions team up with government to use coercion on businesses. Right, the same way as the businesses teaming up with the government to use, use coercion, coercion on other businesses and the, the unions. Right. I have the problem with the unions um, using coercion. Right. I think unions are great. I think they're fabulous. I just don't think that they should in any way um, be involved, you know, manage to corner the market on labor in their particular area or um, expertise. Sure. So they might have been a factor. Look at the problem that Ford's having with the um, AUW or whatever um, currently. Yeah, well, I don't want to talk about today's unions, but uh, but I mean, they could have very but well been today's a Today's unions are a very good example of why you don't want unions in bed with the government. Exactly. Uh, they could very well have been a factor back then in getting uh, conditions improved because when the employees gather together and they say, you know, we've had enough of these uh, of our arms being cut off in this machinery and, you know, we demand better working conditions, that's that's something that speaks to the business owner. And, you know, if they're saying, well, we're going to go across town to your competitor, then they're going to lose their best employees to the competition because the competition is, you know, offering maybe not the safest of conditions, but safer conditions. If healthier conditions, or they won't go, and it's increments. It's a little bit, of, a little at a time here and there. And the more competitors get into the marketplace, the better the situation gets for employees. Let's continue with the phone calls. You can take control, Gilbert in Minnesota. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Gilbert. Hi guys. I think you're covering pretty well uh, what was happening, but I think also what they failed to analyze is the whole picture. And one of them uh, you might have touched on was the. Uh, Tremendous uh, advances in, in medicine. You had uh, periodic plagues that would completely wipe out half of Europe with mm. bubonic plague and scarlet fever um, with the discovery of micro uh, microorganisms. Um, a lot of that completely uh, was eliminated, so you have huge numbers of people not dying. I mean, that was the problem, in, in essence, was the huge numbers of people that before would be dying off they weren't dying. So they were getting, uh, you had huge population growth that couldn't be sustained by the land that normally in the past they would have because they would have been wiped out by these plagues. And in looking back, you have to account for that. That's and a great you have to account. You yeah. have to account for the fact that technology uh, wasn't moving as fast as some of the, uh, the social advocates wanted. Look what's happening today with, with the idea of alternative fuels. We're still under the fantasy that, you know, whether you throw money at a disease or an energy problem, that somehow the money is going to create the ingenuity. Well, of course it doesn't. It requires the human mind to, to invent the solution. And anybody can advocate and say, well, you're not thinking fast enough. You're not fixed. You know, you're not uh, coming up with uh, safer minds fast enough. You're not coming up with safer machines fast enough. Mm-hmm. 
and just complain. And sure. that's what the, the progressives have always done, is to complain that other people aren't inventing things fast enough. You know, that is a brilliant observation, and I see it all of the time. They complain about it not just in the past, but they complain about it today. Uh, they complain that, well, so-and-so company isn't doing this right, and they need to be doing this differently. Well, why don't you shut the F up and go start your own damn company? You whiners. You know, um, I work in, in sales and I've worked in advertising sales for since 1999. And I worked for a company that used to have two computers for 16 salespeople. At one point or another, I got sick of that and left. They went to a company that had more computers per salesperson, one per, per salesperson. Marketplace in action. And it's not missing my arm or anything, but it's just what I wanted to work, the atmosphere I wanted to work in. Gilbert, thanks for the call, dude. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line for you. Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include the updates. You just get signed up, and we'll clue you in. Whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show, get on the list at updates.freetalklive.com. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Dot com. As we go, um, do we finish all our points on the uh, the 19th century thing? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I just really loved uh, Gilbert's point about the progressives, so-called, and how all they do is complain. Like, they're awesome at complaining. They, they have no problem finding fault with existing companies today. Well, Walmart doesn't do this and this and this, and I, I'm never going to shop at Walmart again. Well, I'm only going to shop with the, the, wherever they have the organic food or, or whatever it is their complaints like, are. Like they weren't going to do that anyway. Right. And, you know, I'm all for, I'm all for boycotts, okay? That's cool. Boycotts are a market, play, uh, market mechanism. That's cool. And the, and the progressives are kind of good at doing the boycott thing. But they're not so good at actually getting out there and competing. See, they understand the there mechanism. There are progressives in business, and I, I, it, I totally do not understand it. I just don't understand how you can be a uh, progressive Democrat and run a business at the same time. But I know that people do. Well, there are some progressives in business, but I don't get the feeling that very many of them have an entrepreneurial, mind, entrepreneurial not mindset. Not that many, no. And so, you know, I used to know somebody that uh, was a marijuana dealer who used to talk about how he used to sell to the uh, a lot of green party people mm-hmm. and uh, he just found it uh, he just found it ironic that you know they that they're buying the they're buying their marijuana from a liberty minded person uh because he was also of a of a liberty mindset and uh, it's just interesting that the you know the entrepreneur in the world of marijuana was the libertarian uh whereas the customers were the green party people mm. and so that's what you see except it's on a, a much wider scale you know they sit there and they complain and they protest but very few of them actually plunk down the change and start up a competing business I mean, I was watching the John Stossel special, Sick in America, last night, mm-hmm. and he actually interviewed the Whole Foods guy. The, the, whole, the whole special was just filled with libertarian thinkers, basically, without anybody actually saying the word libertarian. Uh, in fact, the, uh, the title of the, uh, of the entire episode was Sick in America, Whose Body Is It Anyway? Can you think of a more pro-liberty-sounding title? No. 
uh, it was just a great, uh, great exercise. In fact, my one critique was he didn't critique the government quite enough in his special, but nonetheless, he did a great job. What a surprise. But the founder of Whole Foods, you know, the one of the biggest purveyors of organic food in America. Libertarian. Libertarian. He spoke at a libertarian convention. He's a self-avowed libertarian. Just find that interesting. That's all. 800-259-9231. Uh, let's go to the phones. I guess it's a good thing that the progressives aren't out there investing capital because then they'd probably make money and they'd be able to promote their awful ideas better. But they wouldn't remain progressives for long. That's true. The more you can come in contact with the government, the more you dislike it. Great point. 1-800-259-9231. Uh, and the more profits you make, the more things you realize you can do. You know, you can help people, feed the poor and all that. Let's go and talk to Jeremy in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Jeremy. All right, fellas. How's it going tonight? Great, Good, sir. What's on your mind, Jeremy? Uh, I was just thinking about uh, these cops that want to protect these animals but don't want to protect them. What do you mean? Protect these animals. I don't understand. Well, like, they pretend like they want to be green, but then when it comes down to it, they don't even give a damn. All they want is another... Beard and other joint and all this other crap. You're talking about police? Are you you referencing something uh, specific? Well, like, people that all they do is uh, stay messed up all the time, you know, and they want to call up and complain about everything, but really all they do is sit on their butt and do nothing. Why don't they go start throwing rocks at the courthouse every morning or something like that? You know, if you really want to get I don't know if that's an effective protest, but I see you're you're talking no, about No, you should throw water balloons at the post office. That would no water balloons <laughs> would be a bad idea. Uh now you're talking about you're not talking about the cops, you're talking about just people that are listless and uh shiftless and lazy. Right. They never get out and want to protest or put their stuff in the mix. All they ever want to do is talk on the radio and do nothing. I'm <laughs> yeah. about Go buck me the freaking wild, man. You know what That's I'm B-U-C-K, saying? B-U-C-K is buck. what uh, what he said there. <laughs> yes, please go buck wild and uh, have a good time doing it, Jeremy. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. We certainly get plenty of those... The, those people that he's talking about, the, the people that just call talk shows and they think that that's going to, like, do something. I was wondering if he was talking about us. That, that, that was what I was... I, I don't know. I, mean, I can't I imagine he would talk about us. I, I was way. just wondering, because, I mean, You're obviously... You're not just talk show hosts. You're certainly not. You're out doing protests and all right. that other stuff, and I'm involved in the political process uh, pretty strong yeah. uh, here locally. We, we do things, and uh, and that's very that's something that a lot of talk show hosts don't do. Now, there are some that get involved, you know, but they do it more from a self-promotion aspect. Mm-hmm. You know, like Sean Hannity's got his Hannity concerts going on where he tours around the country and... His uh, sycophants come by, and they buy tickets and bring their families out. Tell them how great he is. Yeah, all that garbage. We don't do that sort of stuff on Free We love you, Sean. Um, The things we go out and do very rarely are even announced. Uh, I'll just show up somewhere and videotape some activists doing something and then come back. I mean, it's... We talk about it on the show usually after the fact if something interesting happened, and sometimes we'll sell it in advance, but it's not sold as an appearance of Free Talk Live. Come out to the protest today to meet Ian and Mark from Free Talk Live. Never have we done that on this show. Never. You just, we're going to a protest if you want to be there. We'd love to have you there. Right, we're very, not we're very accessible. Event. Not, not that uh, you know, we're not Rush Limbaugh. We're not going to be mobbed in right. a scene, and people want to talk to us about all kinds of stuff. Although people do want to talk. And to most us. of the things we go to, uh, for instance, the UN flag burn last year, which there were some. There's a, I think there's a picture of on our website. 
of us burning UN flags. Uh, the UN flag burn and the other things that we go to are never organized by us. No. Can you think of anything? I, I no. Sometimes, well, sometimes we'll go to the free keen meeting that you organize, but mostly anything that's. Uh, we go to lots of things that are not organized by us. Yeah. Uh, most of the things we go out and do, uh, political or otherwise, civil disobedience related, are just somebody else putting something together and we show up just like any other activist would. So we're not, even though we do, even though other talk show hosts sometimes get into activism, it's more from a uh, shameless self promotion aspect than anything else. 800 259 9231. You bring, uh, bring up anything. Let's go to, to George in D.C. You're on Free Talk Live. TSA George, in fact. Hello. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Yeah, I was wondering, um, now that we're doing, you, you talked about this um, thing about requiring ID, and um, now we're the ones checking your boarding passes and stuff. I was wondering, I, I need the listeners, someone to call up and tell me how to say, show me your papers in Russian. Anyone <laughs> who knows how to say that in Russian, one 800 259 That's cute. <laughs> yeah, and um, we... we I'll bet, I'll bet if you went on our bulletin board system and posted it there, somebody would have, uh, um, you know, would, would be able to put at, even an MP3 file up there where they would pronounce it for you. Maybe German would be. I mean, if you can't get Russian, no, no, maybe I'll, German would be okay. Yeah, no, no, no. There's too many Holocaust survivors. That would really piss someone off right there. You know, I talked with my boss about that. I was like, no, no, George, just stick with Russian. You know, if you're going to say this, <laughs> say it in Russian at least, you know. Besides, they've been doing it a lot longer than the Germans have, to be fair, too. I think you're, it's hilarious. Your boss you, is very tolerant. Yeah, <laughs> that you checked with your TSA boss on that one, and he thought it was kind of funny. Well, more like my immediate um, supervisor, per se. That's a boss. I see. Yeah, one of those things, is joking around on that, but yeah... It, yeah, I figure there's less um, people less likely to know Russian than German anyway. Would it, be, would it be sort of like you'd you'd say it in Russian quickly and then say, "Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, show me your uh, your identification." <laughs> yeah, pretty much like that. And since it was our first day doing it, oh my god, it was a real cluster. Ass. Hold on a second. This has already started. I thought it was next year. This was going into effect. It's already started. How does it work exactly? What do you? Uh, well, a bit, well, right now we're kind of transitioning. AirServe, the the company that does it for us, is um still. Um, checking the IDs, but then we're doing it also just to get get into practice. And a lot of things today were insane. They were Disneyland long. And, and um, where are they, where are they being checked? Is it before they go through the uh, the, the screening process? Before they at go the, at the end of the queue here and all. And um, it, 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 was, it was crazy like that. And I was wondering. Um, also, I wanted to talk about that bomb thing in Boston with that girl. Yeah, hang on, because I definitely have more questions about this, because uh, I'm shocked. I thought this was starting next year, but now George is telling us, and he works for the TSA, telling us it's already being implemented, where they mandatory, they're checking every single passenger's identification. You can't get out of it anymore. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That would be the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site for free. The wiki's there. Over 1,400 pages created by listeners like you. So get interactive at wiki.freetalklive.com. And if you like the show, go buy some stuff at store.freetalklive.com. Great Free Talk Live branded merchandise and more, all available to you. Reasonable prices, high-quality products, store.freetalklive.com. Your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does this bother you? Well, it bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. 
Try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of. That's SavvyRest.com. You know, I was I was uh, getting into my SavvyRest bed last night, and I, it used to be I had a water bed, and, man, when my wife got in, it felt like she was just elbow-dropping it, like, like she was a professional wrestler, like she was Kane <laughs> doing a belly flop in the middle of my bed. Like she was trying to get you yeah. uh, to and you. On this, uh, the, the, the latex bed when they when she gets in i barely even notice yes yeah, it no won't wake deal. up no not at all good stuff 1-800-259-9231 okay uh continuing the phone calls we're back to george tsa george in dc now george we've been talking or we talked over the weekend i think about how the government is now going to mandate that everybody show their id now most people that are traveling today they think that that already was a mandate but it's not uh we've tested it ourselves our listeners have tested it. It is true that, at least it was true, that you didn't have to show government identification to government agents in order to fly in America. That is changing. I thought it was supposed to start next year. You're saying they're already implementing it now. Yeah, we're, we're starting a transition thing. Now, about the showing, I think um, you still end up referring to secondary screening if you don't have ID. Right there, I'm pretty sure that's still enough facts. So now the, right now they're turning over the checking of papers to, to the TSA, and then at some yeah. point next year, perhaps um, they will then make it so that you cannot exactly. fly without the identification. Wasn't gotcha. the TSA already checking papers? No, no, that was uh, some other. Uh, yeah, that was AirServe before that. Is um, huh. yeah, we kind of outsourced that, but now you know we want to take over that again. Apparently, I see. not me. I'd rather they do it. So for now, okay. So for now, you can get through. You'll get a secondary screening, but you can still get through without showing ID. And then theoretically, next year, that's going to change. Yeah, as far as far as I know, yeah, that's still, that's still like that. Uh, but yeah, this is retarded because now it's like we're already shorthanded as it is at this mm. at this airport, and now we're pulling screeners off to do this, and we're already still got screeners walking around the front of the terminal looking for suspicious activity, something airport police can do, you know. Well, it's going to be an excuse for them to hire more TSA agents, George. Yeah, but, but you know, we have such high turnover, and, and um, <laughs> manning this airport is still tough as hell to, to pull screeners off the thing. It's like, it's no wonder the lines are as long as they are. High turnover. And, now, why do you think that the TSA has high turnover? This is the first time I've heard about this, by the way. I mean, high oh, turnover, yeah. you normally experience that in the restaurant industry, for instance. But why the TSA? Well, basically because um, new people just... People just smell the BS of the higher-ups, and um, some of our um, real higher-ups in this airport are just um, really deep-ditty, kind of retarded kind of people. <laughs> I mean, no joke. Some well, people shouldn't, shouldn't be running a McDonald's, much less an airport. I you heard it here been, first. It's been said that uh, you know they, that, that the mediocrity rises through the ranks in, in, in government. That, a, TSA, uh, a, a low-level TSA employee has just indicted his superiors for being uh, stupid. Some of them should be in the Darwin Awards. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Right there. Oh, and, uh, okay. Oh, and before, before I go, I figured I'd throw in my two cents about that Boston bomb bonanza. Okay, about yeah. The, about the store thing. I took a look at that. And um, from a distance, if you're, like, say, 50 feet away, it's kind of hard to tell right there whether or not. I mean, she should not have gotten arrested, but at the same time, I don't blame the cops for freaking out. However, I figured the scare of having cops point guns at you for uh, all that stuff and um, would yeah, be more than It probably to, took care of her ever doing it again. Kind of yeah, thing. exactly. You don't need to charge her. You just be like, look, you don't wear something like that. And also, it's a putty part, you know. 
Uh, we got C4 and Semtex as explosives. Those are putty-like substances. Mm-hmm. You know, you attach that to an exposed battery with wires and stuff like that. You know, and it, it, it's understandable that someone might think that was an explosive right there. I got but, you, you know, at, George. At a, first, at a first glance. Thanks for the expertise as always, man. We appreciate it. John Shaw off the BBS uh, put up uh, a, um, a bunch of pictures of different improvised bombs, and he said, which one of these is a bomb? They all were. And they all were. Right. They look like anything. Right. They could be anything. And that's, you know, I mean, it makes it tough for people to know whether or not she had a bomb on her shirt. Why would she be carrying a bomb on her shirt? She, Who knows? She, she could I, be a crazy terrorist. Again, I agree she should have been investigated. I don't agree she should have been charged. That's going to ruin her life. I, 800 I, well, the, the charging won't ruin her life. Oh, the yes, it will. convicting will. You remember what happened with the Jose Padilla jury, Mark? He went in front of a jury, and they wore red, white, and blue in all three of their rows because they wanted to show the nation they were concerned about terrorism and send this man to jail. Right. Um, the the indictment then is against our judicial system, which I would entirely agree with. Right. So this but, is going to ruin her life because the judicial system sucks. 800-259-9231 to Tom in California. You're on Free Talk Live with Ina Mark. Hello, Tom. Hi. Thanks for having me. Well, yes, sir. What's on your mind? Um, I'd like to talk about the subject that I saw on uh, um, that I saw on YouTube that was t- that was taken from the Discovery Channel, I think, about time travel. Okay. Hmm. And it, anyway, I thought you know that it seemed pretty ridiculous, but apparently they said that they had a panel of scientists that said that time travel was theoretically possible, and then they they constructed a virtual machine of how it would work, in which in that they they had these laser squares that. Uh, this huge stack, and if you look from above, it looks like it's spiraling down. And the idea is that it would like um, the light would bend the space-time continuum into a spiral or something, which would allow you to theoretically uh, go jump inside a hole that would send you back in time. Well, wow. I can see that um, uh, going on on this a little bit. I, if you could travel faster than the speed of light, you could certainly end up somewhere um, in the past. But I don't know if you could travel to your own past or, say, Earth's past simply because it's so close. I'm not sure. Sh- it's all speculation. I, I, it is absolutely speculation. These scientists are likely smarter than I am. No, wait. Did you say this is a Discovery Channel special? I, I think Discovery Channel or Nova Channel was, some, uh, huh. it was a reliable source. Very interesting. Now, I mean, did they talk about the uh, you know, the concept of well, what would happen if you changed something in the past and how? No, that would they didn't. No, they didn't. They didn't get to that. But what they did get to was a. Uh, it was actually made kind of made sense because it's not they, the time machine that they were talking about wasn't like in the movies where you just hop into one, you set a, a time and date, and then you turn it on. You have to turn it on and then just leave it on forever. And then the idea is that you could only go back in time as far as to the time where you turned it on. So you could never go back to 300 years ago. You could only go hmm. back to the point in which you activated it. Hmm. Ah, very interesting. It, it is, is very the- interesting. So theoretically, that would mean that if you turned it on, you would have an 80-year-old version of yourself just appear out of nowhere, because like, maybe yourself in the future would decide to come hey, back. You know what? I think now I want to go back in time. Would that uh, 80-year-old self have aged at any point uh, with uh, medical um, you know, benefits in the future? Uh, I don't know about that. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I don't know. Is it's it possible to travel forward into time? Well, we are doing it right now. Well, yes, okay. we are. Yes, we know that. Awesome. Travel forward <laughs> faster. <laughs> He's quick. I knew, he, had that, he knew that question was coming. <laughs> yeah, but actually it is possible. That, I know what you mean. I mean, it is possible to travel in time faster than we're doing. You know, there's 
because you know because of the theory of relativity. If you go, it's either if you go faster, then you will age faster, or you'll age slower, and everything around you will age faster. I don't remember, but I think it's that if you go to a certain, if you the faster you go, uh, the slower you age. So you could travel uh, one in 100 years and what seems to you to be one year or one day or you one know, minute. I'm glad somebody who is uh, more intelligent than I am is working on this diligently because it is way beyond my grasp. Of, I mean, I always thought this was something that was just to the realm of science fiction, but then again, we've seen over time how science fiction has really become science fact over time as uh, people, in, again, in search of profits and, and new ideas, are uh, constantly coming up with these wonderful uh, technologies and things to, uh, to enhance our lives with. So. It, government will probably ban it if you can go back in time because you know you, you could you can wreak a whole bunch of havoc i suppose so you could uh you know well then again if it's if it's going to work in the way that they are saying it's going to work then there's only so much havoc you could wreak but... i just need the lotto numbers from uh you know next week i could go up get them and come back <laughs> thanks for the call dude we appreciate the story 800-259-9231 I, I don't even need lotto, lotto numbers i just need to know who won a football game um you know which which stock increased the most on the uh the, yeah but if that's yeah but if, if time is you'd have to have your own secret time machine though yes Mark, because if everybody could travel in time then all of a sudden sports betting would just be done yeah. it'd be over with no one would ever take a bet again uh so you can bring up whatever's on your mind on the way we still have to talk about the good samaritan tried to do the right thing and the cops punished him for it so the moral of the story is going to be don't do the right thing at least if it involves the cops 1-800-259-9231 the moral of the story is just don't deal with the cops if you can avoid it at all don't don't deal with them because they're just going to bring you trouble. Even if you think otherwise, more on the way. Hour 3 is coming up. This is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching in hour number three of the program. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. That is freetalklive.com. All right, Mark. Been selling it all show long, and now let's talk about it. The Good Samaritan, a man who tried to do the right thing. And then got arrested for it. What's the story? Well, I don't know if I'm going to go so far as Good Samaritan, but... Um, really? Yeah. Well, from what you've told me, it sounded like he was trying to do the right thing. But go ahead and tell the story, and we'll, uh, we'll see it, what the it, listeners it think. It could look to be looked at in a bunch of different ways. I'm not sure what I'm seeing here, but uh, this is from uh, Nye County, Nevada. I'm not sh- I'm sure exactly that's what that's Nye from. County, home of Art Bell. I see. Um, Actually, from, I think he lives in the Philippines now, but... K-I-R-O-T-V.com. After receiving a graphic tape of a young girl being assaulted by an adult male, Nye County Police are uh, seeking help in identifying both the victim and the man. Um, Apparently this is uh, from a Vegas uh, TV station, KVVU. There's no other way to describe it, said Detective uh, Boroshwitz with the uh, Nye County Sheriff's Office. She's a victim that's used to being traumatized. Police said the tape shows a young girl being abused and violated by a man. Oh it's as awful as you can imagine, Barowitz says. It's explicit and just about the worst that you can imagine. Investigators said the tape was turned in by... Uh, Any idea how young this girl is? I mean, are we talking 
It doesn't pre-puberty? Really, no, um, it, it's all pretty vague. Okay. The tape was turned in by a Darren Tuck, 26, of uh, Tahrump. A Tuck said that he found the tape in the desert. After another strange place to find a VHS tape, but I suppose someone might throw it out there. I don't know, man. I would think if I had something like that, I mean, maybe they dropped it. I don't know. I mean, who knows? If I had something like that and I wanted to get rid of it, I would set it on fire. Hard to say how far out in the desert he was. Maybe it was just on the side of the road in the desert. You right. know. The whole thing's a desert. Right. So, anyway, he says that he found it out in the desert. And after, after another investigation, police said Tuck had possession of the tape for more than five months. He held on. He found it and held on to it. He showed it to other people. It's cases like that that push you towards the edge, if you know what I mean. Um, now, I don't understand how, what this statement has to do with him having it for five months, because it doesn't seem to. Said Lieutenant Ed Howard with the Nye County Sheriff's Office. It's obvious not the first time this subject has done that. Therefore, there could be hundreds of victims. We don't have any way of knowing, but the guy needs to be taken off the streets. For turning in a tape? Right. It, it, I, either that or there's just not enough evidence here. I don't know. The, the story leaves me um, a, a little... Wondering, his intentions were to turn it in, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he came in to say, "Look, this is this is bad. I found this. I want to give it to you." Then, I guess, with further questioning, they discovered he'd held on to it for a little while. Right, and they're charged him with possession of child pornography and promotion of sexual acts of a minor. Um, if convicted, he could get life. Now, it's this is not the first time ever in the United States that somebody who's turned in evidence has been charged with that evidence. Um, charged with the crime of, of possessing it. Right. And essentially he's being charged with the possession of it and the promotion of sexual acts, which is showing it to somebody. Mm-hmm. So, but maybe he was, you know, maybe he's one of these people that wants to get other people's opinion. What do you think I should do with this? Isn't sure. this awful? This, yeah. this is terrible. Look what I found in the desert. I don't, I mean, I, I don't know what happened here with, with this guy. I don't know who Darren Tuck is, 26, but... Do what? What's going to happen next? If I read this story and now I go out on the way home, I mm-hmm. find a, a videotape. I don't know how I would in my car find a videotape, but let's say I found it uh, someplace uh, tomorrow. I'm not going to give it to the police. Hell no! Only a damn fool would do something like that. And it does serve to cement um, the the thought process that dealing with the police is more trouble than, than it's, it's worth. worth, or you know, it, it creates more problems than it solves. I'm you not know what? saying you're that that's their the first case. suspect, but that's going to be the case, right? That's I mean, it's it's easy for them. Oh, you got a tape? I see. Okay, well, why don't you just take a step into that jail cell over there, sir? Thanks for dropping this off. We really appreciate it. I mean, that's how could they do this to this guy? It just seems so wrong. I, I mean, anybody who has child pornography and has naughty intentions isn't going to walk into a police station and say, here, I found this. Well, it you know, could they're be, not going to do that. He absolutely could do that. There are people that feel bad for committing the crimes that they committed. They don't want to serve the time for them or anything, but, you know, want to get the stuff into the hands of the authorities, that kind of thing. I, I can't imagine that. I, I mean, I've known people who've done it. Put it in your trash can, and then there's zero it's, chance of anything happening. It's dumb. Unless the, unless the cops are digging through your trash, in which case, then you've got trouble. But uh, if the cops are digging through your trash, then, well, something else is going on. But how do you feel about this story? 800-259-9231. I mean, is there a chance that this guy actually shot the video? And if so, there would probably be a way of figuring that out, you know, looking for identifying marks and that sort of thing. But he doesn't seem to be... I I just don't see anybody who would be in the process of creating or distributing this child pornography that would take this tact. Criminals don't deal with the police. 
It is not a – if you are of the criminal mindset, and believe me, if you're going out there consuming child pornography, you know exactly what it is you're doing. You, I mean, you can't lie to yourself. The way they describe that tape, a girl being sexually assaulted, physically assaulted on video, I mean, there's no way you come across that online and say, huh – Wonder what store they bought this from. No, that's child pornography. So you know that you're doing something that is considered criminal as you're doing it. How many people that are doing something that they consider criminal are going to say, oh, I don't think I'll just take this down to the police department and show them what I've been up to. I mean, th- this is just bewildering to me. Well, I, I, did, I do have a friend who um, would regularly, uh, you know, more times than uh, several times in his life has... Uh, Gone on crack binges, stolen a bunch of money out of cars and businesses, mm-hmm. um, goods and pawned them and all that kind of stuff. Then feels bad and um, you know turns himself into the police or gets caught and then. Uh, but he wasn't turning everything. himself in. The guy in the story was not turning I, himself in. I understand. I'm just saying that that there's there's a spectrum of people out there that may very well do exactly what this guy did and be guilty. I can understand I don't know the what the, the likelihood of, of, you know, comparing I just found this videotape versus yeah. I feel bad now and I want to give this away to the police. I mean, I think they're both st- strange places to be coming from. It could but be if you the- find a porn tape like this or you find something that's... Uh, fire would be the best. I think you're right about that. Fire. Because if you put it in your trash, you're still rid of risk. it. Wow, just an amazing story. 800-259-9231. This is why people say you just shouldn't bother calling the cops. Dial 911 and die, or at least you get knocked uh, locked into a jail cell. It's reminiscent of the, the Michael Gannon case uh, here in New Hampshire. Man with a video system, uh, video uh, security system in his home had recorded some detectives, police detectives, that were there asking him questions about his son, doing things that were not really in the line of things that police detectives should be doing. They were being very rude and pushy. And so he brought that tape into the police department to show to the superiors to say, you know, your guys are out of line here. And they arrested him for it. Because there's some lame law here in New Hampshire and in many states that prevents you from videotaping or audio recording the police uh, without their consent, mm. if you're in some sort of uh, private situation where they wouldn't expect to be recorded. So it's just it's just awful when things like this happen. People try to do the right thing, and they get punished. Also, another story that we reported on recently from Miami, a lady was uh, on the side of the road. The cops were having some trouble, and they asked her if she could interpret, because you know, there are a lot of uh, people that speak Spanish down there. And they asked her if she could interpret, and she helped them out. And then afterward, they wanted her to, you know, to stay there. And she said, "I'm sorry, I've got to go." You know, she had an appointment to be at, and so she left. And they arrested her. They arrested her after she'd done them a favor. You can't do. I mean, you can't even do the cops a favor and expect to be helped uh, to, to have them appreciate you. It's just sick. All right, uh, let's go to the phones. To the fun. Let's talk to Michael in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live, Michael. Michael, hey. hello there. Hi, Ian. Uh, caught your caller last hour talking about time travel. Yes. And and uh, reminded me of a book I read a little while back by uh, Dr. Robert Forward, a physicist, mm-hmm. who also happens to write novels. And uh, you mentioned the paradox where going back to, in the past to change something. Sure, that's what they do in all the movies, at least. I mean, that's my only familiar familiarity with time travel. Did, okay. did you well, want to address that paradox? Uh, 
Uh, well, according to Dr. Forward, um, it just can't happen. I'd okay. like to know why. Hang Hold on. on. 800-259-9231. Because if time travel is possible, that and some scientists are saying it is, then why wouldn't that be possible to change the future in the past? Right. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. The features are for free. Live streams are there. Broadband version and a dial-up version. Both free for you at freetalklive.com. And do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained and resolve Solving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you'd like to keep your clients too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. That's 1-800-544-6359 for SACL CAI. As we continue with the phones, uh, going back to Michael in New Hampshire. Now, Michael, you had said we were talking earlier in the show about, uh, one of I think one of our callers had called in to point out that time travel is apparently being talked about is something that could seriously be a possibility. And so that led us to sort of just a general discussion about time travel and, well, you know, can you go back, if time travel is possible, can you go back and alter the events of the future like they like to do in the movies? You're saying that's impossible. Why? Um, actually, Dr. Forward said it was not possible to, get, to alter the events of the past. Um, he theorized that some event would happen that would prevent you from altering the past. Huh. Uh, but I guess... Wouldn't that be an alteration of the past, though, if something prevented you? <laughs> <laughs> I, so, right. That's what he theorized. So, well, it's, it's just more of a, so there's not really anything, any solid reasons. It's just his theory, then, is what you're saying. I believe, yeah. Gotcha. So if you were going to try to stop someone from being assassinated, his suggestion would be that you would be prevented from stopping the person from being assassinated because... If history was written, and so therefore history will continue uh, to enforce its past on you or something. Correct. Got it. Thanks for the call, dude. We appreciate it. Yep. 800-259-9231. It's all speculation from here, right? Yeah. Well, time travel is a very speculative yeah. area. There's just nothing there. You know, I wonder... I did love a statement, though, uh, when you asked when um, if, if you can move forward in time, and he says, well, we are now. <laughs> yeah, that's cute. Uh, was that him, or was that... I think it was another caller. No, that was the, the original not Michael, Not Mike's right. um, statement, the, uh, the original caller. 800-259-9231. Uh, let's talk to Mark in Indianapolis. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mark. Hey, what's going on, guys? What's hey, on Mark. your mind? Uh, not much. I think you guys... Um, well, I was going to bring up something I uh, show a couple days ago. I'm just listening on podcast, but sure. you guys were talking about about like child predator laws and stuff. Okay. Or child porn, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of, uh, I was just having a comment to say, it's kind of something brought up, uh, well, several times or so, Ian, on the unintended consequences of government. I think when someone created these laws, they had good intentions, but sure. people think, people got to think about this. When they you know, get a hold of the government to establish a certain law, by the time it gets processed and ministered and it's placed, most of the time, if not all, it looks nothing like the way it was created, you know? Absolutely. I mean, I understand going after these guys, no, no, but we need to understand how we're going after them and who they are. I got a um, short story here. I got a uh, kind of a friend of mine. He was going out to the bars one night, and um, he got real drunk, and, you know, he was leaving the bars, and he uh, got behind a bush and peed in it. Next thing he knows, um, 
he's labeled child predator. He can't go hundred yards from the school, you know, playground. Uh, they labeled him a child predator for that because normally yeah, well, I, they'll I, just. I'm normally, not sure. Right. Normally, what I'm happens sorry, is I'm not they sure get the sex it's, it's in that line of category. Right. Right. And, um, he got a attorney for it, and uh, the attorney, of course, can do that. Guy. He's getting a better one now, but it's uh, he's totally innocent. It's uh, thing where these things turn out, and this, this people trying to work with the government, you know. And, you know, they're saying the world is made with good intentions. And I know they have good intent in this stuff, yeah. but when you think about how the government's going about, you know, solving the problem or trying to, you know, absolutely. And really, let's look at, I mean, the truth is, and by the way, thank you for the call. Your phone's uh, kind of overmodulated. Uh, thank you for the call. Uh, 800-259-9231. Let's also look at the, I mean, in the world of child pornography, there's a very, very small number of people that is creating the product. And a much larger number of people that's consuming the product. And every time you ever see a story about somebody getting busted for child porn, how how often has it been the producer? I can't think of any. I've never heard of uh, the producer of child porn being busted. No. Like, in books, uh, you know, fiction. That doesn't count. No, it doesn't. So, I mean, and he's absolutely right about his point that, okay, there might have been good intentions when the law was created, but then it gets enforced by government people, and the bureaucracies always want to expand their power, and uh, so the laws end up, uh, they don't end up getting written the way you initially wanted them to be written, because it's as soon as it goes into the legislature, it becomes a political football and gets passed around and modified and changed, and then once the bureaucrats get hold of it, it gets enforced based on the whims of the bureaucrats. So your law, your perfect law, never ends up the way you had hoped it would end up and it ends up being enforced much much more widely than originally intended Mm -hmm. his friend's story is not original his friend's story has happened countless times across this country people getting in trouble because they had to go to the bathroom and they didn't they weren't around somewhere where they could go into a location maybe at a public park or something like that where the bathrooms are closed, whatever the reasons are, when you got to go, you got to go. And if you can't hop in a car and go somewhere, you've got to go behind a tree. I right. mean, that's just what you have to do. Or, you know, some people do it out on the golf course because there's no bathroom nearby. Some people do it because they're just drunk as hell and they their decision-making uh, is somewhat compromised. But that's that's a public drunkenness charge. That's not a sex charge. Well, now it is a sex charge for somebody getting uh, for somebody who's urinating in public. That is a sex offense. Right, they're calling and it that, but it shouldn't be. That I mean, they what, should not be put on the same list as child predators. But and they, they are. are in some states. That's the problem. And most I think it's, states. Uh, yeah, I think it's most states, and it's bad news because then when somebody does that child sex search thing, when they punch in the zip code online, then the guy who got busted for peeing behind the tree in the park is going to show up. Right. Some states um, will t- say what the charge is. Some will, um, you know, put categorize the offenders. Some states just put the off- um, the statute number. I, I don't know what yeah. the statute number is. All I see is sex offender list. Here he is. Yeah, I mean, I'm just waiting for the day. And that's not very useful for, for parents. I, I mean, how many of these guys peeing behind trees? How many guys um, were statutory 17, rape? How about that? Yeah. Seventeen had sex with a 15 year old girl. I mean, th- those that information is not useful to a parent. It's it just serves to inflame the fear. Mm-hmm. I mean, what parents need to be apprised of. And by the way. Um, Sex offenders are less likely to offend than a lot of other offenders to out there. To reoffend, you mean? To reoffend um, than a lot of other offenders out there. You're more, your child is more likely in danger from somebody who has never been convicted. Well, he's your child's more likely in danger from someone that they know. 
whether it's Uncle John or somebody, yeah. uh, more likely stepfather, um, you know, stepmother. Those kind of people mm-hmm. seem to have uh, more access and less reason not to. Um, but they're still more likely to be attacked by somebody who has not been convicted than by somebody who has. It's true. It is true. Two five nine ninety two thirty one. Uh, coming up, still we got to talk about a license plate that's been revoked for apparently no reason whatsoever. Uh, but first, let's go to the phones. Talk to Dana in Texas. Dana, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello. Hi. Hi, Dana. I ha- I have a subject that's a little different from what you're discussing. No sure, problem. Sure. It's Free Talk, Talk Live. Live. You can bring up anything. Go ahead. It has to do with the pittance, non-existence almost of cost of living increase that is fixing to hit all senior citizens and us disabled ones as a cost of living for January 2008. No, wait, where where are you getting this increase from? Is this like on a government check or something? Well, Social Security disability, Social Security retirement, you know what all of us paid into over the years Mm -hmm. that the government has stolen for the last 60 years? So you're saying that that they are... The kitty's empty. You're saying that the... Well, here's what they have proposed. It is not in the news media whatsoever. All right, you give us a scoop, but hang on. We're going to bring it back, Dana. 800-259-9231. We'll find out what that's all about and take your calls about anything. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. And those include the bulletin board system, over a quarter of a million posts waiting for you. Lots of fun stuff and serious issues all being discussed at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org. As we go back to the phones and to the fun, uh, back to Dana in Texas. Now, Dana, you were going to tell us, uh, I guess you're on disability or Social Security, and you had some news about, uh, I guess they're gonna, you, you said they're going to do something that no one's talking about in regards to cost of living. So please explain. Okay. Uh, what I'd like to do is just get an email address for you guys and email you three articles, and they're self-explanatory, and they'll explain what I'm well, actually, we just, if you could just give us the executive summary, you can certainly find our email on our website at freetalklive.com, but our listeners want to know now, so if you could just give us the executive okay. summary, that would be okay. appreciated. Okay. The COLA formula for the cost of living increase for 2008 for everyone on Medicare or Social Security, whether you're disabled or retired, is going to be 1.2%, maybe up to 1.4%, which is absolutely nothing. When I found this out last week for a need-to-know research, I called Social Security. The lady was shocked. She, I walked her through where these articles were on the Internet, and she said, this is going to be like what happened to all of us in January of 2003 when Dorji made us all live on the same money for two years in a row. She said, what we will end up getting will be just enough to pay the increase that we always have every year on our Medicare payments for our insurance. However, there is a $10 increase coming up at the same time for our Medicare insurance. So if we only get a 1.2% to 1.4% cost of living, which means our money allotment checks every month will not change, 
It'll be the same amount we're getting right now, and we're probably going to get less because our 1.2 to 1.4% will not be enough to cover that $10 monthly Medicare increase. It's going so, to go from $94.50 to $104.50 a month for each person that is a participant in Medicare. So for you're both getting coverage. an effective pay cut, essentially. Exactly. Well, you know now, what? It's... Those of us that are on this and cannot work, how are we supposed to make it with all of the cost of living increases that have happened this year? Sure, with the government out there. Everything. Right, the government's yeah. out there expanding the money supply. Right. And, it's it's and not a, enough that they put their hands in uh, wealthy and middle-class people's pockets, but now they have to go after dis- disabled people's um, pockets, right. too. Well, you know what? This is what well, happens. See, guys, guys, the problem with the Social Security fund, they've been stealing from it for 60 years. Well, right. the problem is it's it exists in the first surplus, place. And they steal and steal from it, but they never pay anything back. And right. they don't That's have why to. why you younger generations like yourselves are having to pay in to help carry a future baby boomers that are already disabled or yeah. fixed and retired, it's an awful and all system. the others that are already retired. This right. is to exactly think, to what think that we can trust the government to handle something like this. It's it's just crazy right. and ludicrous. Look I at mean, what's going on. They screw this over important. The, right, they're screwing over the veterans, and now they're screwing yeah. over the people on Social Security. I mean, if this is they and they can get away with it. There's nothing you can do about it except sit there and complain, and they don't care. I mean, it doesn't matter well, to them if you complain to them; they'll just stop answering your phone calls. My objective is to get a ripple going over the news media. I've done stuff on the Internet, posted to 18 different news networks, because it's not being talked about. What are we hearing about? O.J. Simpson. Like, yeah. we really give a damn? Yeah. You know, well, it's just really upsetting. And it's, they're not going to say anything about it, because this is due for a decision Next month. This is why. uh, This is why, and I, you know, I wish you the best of luck uh, in promoting this. But I wouldn't get my hopes up if I were you, just because. I mean, I wouldn't want them to be dashed on the rocks when they decide uh, against you. Uh, But you know, this it's so sad hearing these stories. And if anything, young people in America should understand that they need to get the hell out of Social Security, keep the money they earn, and save it for their own retirement. Because if you count on the government to take care of you in your old age or in disability, this is what happens. They screw you over, just like these screw over the veterans exactly. and thank you for the call we appreciate it i may it, not get good anything luck. done but i will go down with a fight good <laughs> luck and thank, uh, that's great attitude and thank you for the call 1-800-259-9231 can you believe i mean this is what they do yeah they I, screw I, you here they screw you there and now they're screwing crippled people because well wait oh i thought government cared oh now we want them to take care of all of us in the right, health care system we have to help each other right that's what that's what they tell us but you know they're just helping themselves to our money and, and people believe, I mean, are, are the people that are in favor of this government health care system, this universal health care, are they paying attention to how government behaves? Have they ever even looked at a situation like what Dana is in right now? Do they even understand that this this crap goes on? They, these people live in some sort of weird fantasy world where the government can do no wrong, and the government is so much more f- right, like uh, friendly. Like it's going to do the right thing. Right. They're just not. Like they've, the, they've proven it over and over again. For, for some reason, because they're people in government, that they're holy people, and they're wonderful, and they can, and, and everything they do is just great, and we just need to put more things in the hands of government. Are you kidding me? They're putting people's lives at risk. These people that are on disability, they expected that they would be taken care of, just like many veterans expected that the military was going to take care of them. After all, that's what they were told. But when the government makes a promise and breaks it, it doesn't really matter that much. Right. It's not a contract that anyone can hold them to. Right. It costs See, too much. When you and I break promises, then we can be taken to court. We can be punished for that sort of thing. But when government does it, eh, 
Too bad. That's what you get. And that is what you get. So be ready for this. Our younger listeners need to understand exactly how government treats its people, and that is they bend you over the barrel. They bend you over the barrel when they take your money from you in the first place to the tune of over 50% of your income. That's a conservative estimate. That's how much you're being taxed. Uh, they, they bend you over the barrel of, for taxes, and then down the line, when they're supposed to be taking care of you, you get bent over as well. So take it and like it, because that's how it's going to be. 800-259-9231. At you can work can... for yourself, and you don't have to uh, pay Social Security. Um, you know, you and I have seen a letter from the Social Security office yes. uh, that was shown to us by uh, a friend of ours that said... and they, Just don't pay it. Yeah, the guy Just said don't. you don't have to. And have you ever heard of anyone ever going to jail for Social Security tax you evasion? You take that 15% no. and put it in a, a low-interest-bearing bank account. You'll do better than Social Security. Well, put 20% and take it and put it in... Um, money market, CD, whatever. Right, money market, CD, gold, uh, silver, bonds. Oh, I'm just talking about non-risky things. Take it and put it in something non-risky, and you'll do 10 times better than Social Security. Maybe even more than that. Anything, pretty much. Uh, let's go to the phones, talk to Brad in Massachusetts, listening on WBNW. Hello, Brad. Hey guys, how are you doing tonight? Great. What's on your mind? Um, I wanted to comment on the time travel thing, but okay. I just tuned in, so I hope I'm not. I hope I'm not being repetitive. Um, Go ahead. What's on your mind? Are you guys suggesting that this is something that is possible or close to happening? I, oh, I have no idea. All we're going on is what a caller said last hour. He claimed he saw a video on YouTube that he was claimed Discover, was from Dis- the Discovery Channel or Nova or something. So you know, maybe it's free talk live. Anybody can get on here and claim anything they'd like. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I'd like to give you the opportunity to make some outlandish claim if you'd like. Oh, I wish uh, I had more uh, advanced notice of that. I probably could have thought of something. But uh, as far as the, as far as the um, time travel goes, I, I think this is something that is probably not possible. And I guess this is not something that one person could say one way or another, this is possible. This is, how could anyone know that? But um, there is supposedly a paradox that occurs if one were to travel through time and do something like, Say you went back in time to the point where your maternal grandfather was a teenager, mm-hmm. and for whatever reason you killed him. Right. That would immediately eliminate the possibility of the existence of your mother, and then in turn immediately eliminate the possibility of you ever existing, right. which immediately eliminates the possibility of you being able to do that act, and then over and over and over again. Right. Yes, so it certainly is like, a fun thought experiment, isn't it? It's well, it's fun to a point, and then it's just you have a headache. Yeah. So um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I don't really think it's it's possible, um, but you know those crazy scientists, they come up with all kinds of neat things. Who knows? Indeed. Who knows? Over time, I guess uh, time will indeed tell if we can time travel. But uh, and then all those questions will be answered, I suppose, if the whole world right. doesn't catch on fire or something like that. Thanks for the call, Brad. We appreciate it, man. 800-259-9231. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and only moments remain, but just enough time for your call if you make it right now. 800-259-9231. The Sankel CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live gets a percentage of your purchase. You're going to have to do the, uh, to do the shopping anyway. You might as well do it through amazon.freetalklive.com. The prices are great. 
free Super Saver shipping on a whole bunch of items. And then, of course, there's all the other great things about Amazon, like their huge selection, 41 categories to shop in. The comments, that's that's got to be my favorite thing about Amazon. Anytime I'm researching something, I love the comments because you can actually find out what people really think about the items that they purchased. Right. Some people clearly had uh, unreasonable expectations for their item, and you can pretty much tell that from their comment. And others... You know, they, they give you a uh, you know, nice report that you can use. A very level-headed assessment mm-hmm. of the product, and uh, it's ups and it's downs. Anyway, if you go through Amazon.freetalklive.com, we get a cut. So, great way to get your shopping done and help the show. Let's go to the phones, to the fun, to talk to Bill in Oklahoma. Bill, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, guys. Thank What's you for taking mind, my Bill? call. What's up? Um, well, um, I was just, I caught the uh, tail end of a last caller, I guess. Uh, somehow they were talking about, or my, my perception was talking about uh, government taking care of you, and uh, it brought to mind uh, how misled uh, the American people are, uh, especially the ones in the work in the workforce who have to depend on somebody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they go into work for these big companies and they get it uh, attracted to the 401k savings plans and all these different savings plans, which happen to be backed or endorsed by the government. Um, When are we going to wake up and realize that we can do a far more better job ourselves of taking control of our own money and stop relying on what the government thinks that we should be doing with our money? Uh, I don't know. I wish I could answer that. I had some pretty good performance for my 401k, and you can uh, self-direct it uh, a great deal. People need to take responsibility in the sense that they need to look at their money. Look, the reason you're going to work every day is to earn money, and if you don't pay attention to your retirement, you don't pay attention to your IRA, you don't pay attention to your 401k, you're liable to uh, lose out, and it's nobody's fault but your own. Yeah, okay, you were talking about the 401k and how much you've got invested in it, but say something happens to you, Mark, and you decide, or God forbid, something happens to your family, mm-hmm. and you desperately need to get to that money. Well, if you have a me- an, uh, an unexpected medical expense, it's going to cost you a good chunk of percentage rate, 40% and higher, to get some money out just so that you can live off of. Well, I, mean, I, would underst- I totally agree, but do understand that in- I put that money into the 401k tax-free, so I saved 25 to 30-something uh, percent no such when thing I put it in. tax-free, my friend. Well... But later. No, no, no such thing as tax-free. Okay. Tax-deferred, maybe, but never tax-free. Well, I had deferred it, and then I'm going to take a penalty when I get it. Okay. I can agree on that. Now, I did uh, manage to stumble upon, uh, Ian, a couple of nights ago, you were talking about reputation uh, sites on the Internet. Mm-hmm. And uh, I found a, a good deal of them. There was like three or four of them that I found. Really? Uh, yes. Um, one of my favorite ones was the iKarma. Uh, uh, site, uh, <laughs> which pretty much does uh, everything that uh, was it? Uh, it was in Greenleaf. Uh, uh, Rapleaf was the one. It was Rapleaf, it iKarma.com? Right. iKarma.com uh, is another reputational uh, website. Um, what See, I, what I can I, spell uh, rap and I can spell leaf. I really don't know if I can spell karma. You can't spell karma? K A R M A. M A. Okay, I thought there was an H in there. It's okay. No. He went to government school, Bill. Don't mind him. Uh, uh, well, so do I, so I sadly to report. But um, it, it tied in very well uh, with uh, peer-to-peer lending, which I thought was really cool. Uh, for those who don't know what peer-to-peer lending is, if uh, if uh, Mark or Ian wanted to borrow money for the station, or the station, uh, for the show, uh, they would go onto the site, 
make a request for X amount of dollars, and then other people would, uh, based on their reputation score, uh, lend them the money uh, based on uh, some facts that the, the websites uh, right. gather. So instead of and, getting uh, instead of getting your loan all in one chunk from a bank, then you're actually getting it in little bits from a bunch of different people. So the, right the risk on. is and distributed, if you will. That, that's right. And what I thought would be a clever use of this uh, would be to replace it uh, at some point uh, get away from the savings plan that the government wants and start u- utilizing the higher uh, uh, rate of return that some of these other sites provide, and we can do completely away from the government uh, savings plan. Right. And, and to, to answer your question from earlier, you know, what's it going to take to get to the point where people uh, re- don't rely on the government anymore? I mean, it's nothing short of an entire paradigm shift amongst the, the amongst the American population. Uh, and that's quite a that's quite a task, and that's what we're working towards. I don't know how soon it's going to happen. I don't know if we'll get to a you know point of critical mass where all of a sudden our ideas will catch on. I certainly see Ron Paul catching fire, and maybe he can help propel these ideas out into the uh, out into the mainstream. The ideas of self sufficiency, uh, relying on yourself, investing for your own future, and not counting on mommy government to take care of you. Hopefully, we can simply popularize these ideas and end government schooling. If you end government schooling, then we'll have a much wider choice uh, and variety in the world of education, and many of those educational options will probably include some sort of financial sense class, because right now, kids that are graduating from government schools don't know anything, anything at all about finances. They have zero fiscal understanding of how the world works, and all they understand is, oh, I think I need a credit card now that I'm 18. Uh, right, so yeah, my yeah, parents have one. Credit card. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you were saying something uh, about the government school uh, children uh, uh, being, you know, they only know what they're taught. Well, if we take them out of the government schools, then that will mean that they'll start to think for themselves, and I'm not sure that's such a good idea either. Oh, what are you talking about? Why is that not a good idea, people thinking for themselves? Uh, kids these days, I just... Uh, kids are kids these days because they went to government school. Thanks for the call, Bill. 800-259-9231. Kids are kids these days because of what we talked about several times on this program, where uh, the government, with all of its stupid rules... You know, oh, you can't have a job until you're 14, or in many cases, 16. Oh, you can't do this until you're 17. You can't do this until... The, the, the government in its nanny state keeps kids childlike as long as possible. Right. Some people say you're not an adult until you're 26 in this country. That's not because that's a natural process. It's an entirely unnatural process. Right, because somebody said it. Yeah. And it's uh, they've implemented laws on, on that respect. You know, you were talking about Ron Paul, and I have a few facts on Ron Paul I'd like to squeeze in by the end of the Maybe, show. but we've got to go to the phones and okay. talk to John in Louisiana. You're on Free Talk Live on the Amplifier line. Hello, John. Hi. I was calling in really to, to uh, mention or to talk about what Eric talked about earlier, which was um, Britain being a great example of laissez-faire capitalism back in Dickens' time. Judging by your accent, you may know a few, uh, just a thing or two more than Eric You at least it. sound authoritative. <laughs> Probably, probably. And, uh, and I wanted to mention my experiences living under socialism in the UK in the 70s, too, afterwards. But um, Well, you've got two minutes to do it all. Okay, okay, great. Well, I'll do my best. Really, uh, the average person didn't have ac- access to capital back in, in Dickens' time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the country was run by and for the ruling class and the aristocracy. They had all the capital. They had all the control. And it was essentially, if you were well-connected with the royal family and so forth, you're an old-money family with, with big land. You could run these corporations, but uh, the average person really, um, it was a class-based society. 
on uh, there, there were limits on how far you could get uh, simply through the class structure that, that was prevalent at the time. So there would have been no way for somebody to just show up on the scene and uh, and open up their own factory to compete with the existing uh, businesses. No, because they they wouldn't have had equal access to capital that the, the aristocracy had, for example. Uh, and um, so so I, I don't think that was a very good example of laissez-faire capitalism. It, it's very much a class-based society. Gotcha. Excellent. Thank you, you know, for the expertise. It's, it's difficult for us to field these questions. We didn't know right. anything about it, but that's pretty much what we it's said. As we expected, yes. Mm. And uh, the, the second point was, uh, you know, if, if socialism's so great, uh, Britain was a very, very socialist country in the, in the mid-70s. And, and uh, I, I was uh, around about 10, well, 11 in 1977. Everything was nationalized. Um, the trash companies were nationalized, the water companies, electric, the car companies, Ew. everything. Um, everybody decided to go on strike that year. It was called the Winter of Discontent because mm. everybody decided to go on strike to give themselves a pay rise from the government. And uh, trash was piled up in the streets. There were rolling electricity blackouts. Mm. Um, the uh, the army were having to man fire trucks and respond to what we have as 999 calls, 911 calls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because uh, the fire service was on strike, it, it was a it was a nightmare. And that's what really propelled Margaret Thatcher um, to power and to introduce the free market reforms. That she, she introduced in the late They didn't go far yeah, enough. I mean, there's still people pulling their teeth out with pliers over there. because. The... <laughs> well, yeah, the National Health Service is, uh, is obviously a problem. But uh, right. in, in, the, in, in the 70s, tax rates were ridiculous. So those other areas, they, they shifted back to a more market-based uh, situation, and they got better, but they still kept the health services nationalized, and it's still awful. So thank you for the expertise, man. We really appreciate it, John. It has been Ian here with you. And Mark, socialism is always a failure. The free marketplace is the only solution for a prosperous future. More on the way tomorrow night. See you then. FreeTalkLive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 